What's going on, guys? We're about to get into another episode of the OP Radio Podcast. And we got a good one for you. I'm trying something new, actually. Uh, I love doing my Instagram live, so I decided to do an Instagram live and podcast at the same time as I walk in and around Central Park. I take some really tough questions from you guys, and I also mess with a lot of people as I'm walking and talking. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and please give me your feedback on this if it's something you want to hear more of in the future. But first, before we get into the episode, we got a brand new sponsor to the OP Radio podcast. I'm talking about my bookie. That's right, my bookie has joined the OP Radio podcast, and... Uh, I got to tell you, week two of the NFL season, my teams uh, are doing pretty well. The Bills beat the Giants, which made me very happy. The Bills are now 2-0. and The Patriots just destroyed the Dolphins 43 to zip. Dolphins in a lot of trouble. And then my Jets, uh, they're 0-1, and the quarterback has mono, but who's keeping track? It's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Patriots. Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland, and the one thing that hasn't changed, that's where I'm putting my money down on all the games. That's right. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least, check this out, $100,000. And it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Listen, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. It's as simple as that. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, check this out. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Here's your call to action. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonuses. Double your first deposit. Use promo code OPOPIE to activate the offer. Promo code OPOPIE. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code OPOPIE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Want to welcome MyBookie to the OP Radio Podcast. And now, on to the episode as I wander around doing Instagram Live taking some questions from you guys and messing with a lot of people. Enjoy. Man, that was a lot of fun. I just dropped Carl off at the subway after doing a podcast at Gephardt's. That fine joint on 72nd Street here in New York City. It's called Gephardt's Beer Culture. They have uh, such a great variety of beers and ciders and everything in between. It's a really hip, cool joint. And Matt and the gang over at Get Parts, uh, they do a very, very good job. Uh, walked Carl to the subway because he has to get down to La Cubana and keep that beast going. Man, Carl is the real deal. I don't know if people really fully understand how good of a cook Carl is. Every time I go to La Cubana... I hang out. A lot of times I hang out and we're not even podcasting. And then uh, in the kitchen as he's getting ready for a night, I'm like, Carl, I'm hungry. 
And next thing you know, he just whips up something that's not even on the menu. And I'm like, Carl, oh, my God, this is unbelievable. Why aren't you offering this on your menu? And he's like, ah, because he has so many dishes that he can only pick a few. you got to keep that menu tight. I learned that about restaurants. If you give somebody a menu that's like pages and pages long, talking about you, you diners, it's really hard to, uh, you know, choose something to eat. But, uh Man, Carl knows his shit. Anyway, so I just dropped him off at the subway. I was thinking about uh, turning on the old Instagram live and seeing what uh, what you guys are up to. Might as well do that. Let's see what's going on. Uh, I like my Instagram way better than my Twitter. Twitter's just just a garbage dump at this point. Instagram seems to be doing a better job as far as uh, keeping the troll bullshit down. So I hope you follow me on Instagram. It's Opie Radio. And it's Sabor Chef on Instagram if you want to follow Carl, okay? All right, let me see what I got here. All right, I turned it on. We're going live as I walk around uh, New York City. By the way, thanks for subscribing to this fine podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It's fun to see this thing growing slowly but surely, but we're getting there. Oh, look at this. ton of people jumping into the old Instagram live. Oh, my God. There's hundreds of people in here already. I miss ONA, too. Oh, God. I feel bad for the people that want ONA to come back, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if people understand that that was a time. That was a time where everything seemed to work, and uh, everyone that used to be part of that show, they're uh, in different places in their lives. We've grown apart. People like to remember all the good times and all the great radio, but the fact is, man, even near the end before Anthony got fired, it wasn't the same anymore. It had its time, man. It had its time. What's up, Brian? How are you, buddy? What's going on? Do a show with the Grease Man. I would love to do a show with the Grease Man. The Grease Man is one of the greatest radio broadcasters of all time. Simple as that. I don't know what happened to the Grease Man. I mean, I guess he just got old, right? Opie, have you seen Artie? He looks great. Yes, Artie Lang posted on uh, Twitter the other day. I guess he's been sober for seven months. I love Artie, but I don't know. There were a few articles that would say differently. But look, I'm not here to judge. He posted a picture that he looked great. He absolutely absolutely looked great. And he's looking forward to getting back on the road and uh, getting it going again. So nothing but love and support for Artie Lang as he uh, tries to figure this addiction thing out, which is just a beast. You definitely should go on Jim and Sam. Why the... Why would I go on Jim and Sam? This is what I have to deal with. I'm glad I turned this dumb thing on. Jim and Sam are a terrible radio show that has absolutely no buzz. I walk these streets every day and no one's talking about Jim and Sam. Ugh. Know what they talk about? They don't even talk about Howard Stern. When I walk these streets in New York City, they talk about um, Joe Rogan. They talk about Bill Burr. They talk about Burt Kreischer, uh, people like that. Like, podcasts are king right now. The top guys, certainly. They get more of a buzz than uh, regular radio guys get, including Howard Stern. There was a time you would walk New York City streets, and wherever you went, people were talking about Howard Stern. It's just simply not happening anymore. I I, I can't even imagine how many people he talks to on a weekly basis. Now, granted, he's talking to more people than most podcasts, but he's not talking to more people than Joe Rogan. I would guarantee that. 
and they fudged the numbers over there. That's why they don't tell their uh, their shows, you know, the numbers. Because I think if half those guys that worked at SiriusXM really knew how many people were actually listening, they'd be like, what the hell am I doing? I'm just wasting my time. Let's see the shoes. There's my shoes today. <laughs> a pair of running shoes. I'm taking my walking a little more seriously now that I got my back back together. Uh, that inversion table, though, is, is awesome. It has really, really helped my, uh, my back. Um, but like I was telling Carl on the last episode, just putting the inversion table together was a nightmare, and, and it actually hurt my back. they got to figure that out. And then Carl's like, why don't you, like... Why don't you hire, like, a man to come over and do that? Could you imagine I'm sitting there with a bad back in front of my beautiful wife and kids as a real man puts my inversion table together so so my back could feel almost normal? That would be humiliating. Hope you're wearing shoes for the third time in six months. Well, no. We're back to wearing shoes. The blisters have healed. No joke, man. I got to a point in my life, and look, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I get that. But I've gotten to a point in my life where for three, four months a year, I simply don't wear shoes. So when we came back to New York after uh, summering somewhere else, uh, it was tough, man. It was tough. This is so embarrassing. I had, I had to adjust to shoes again. Oh, my God. Pootie Pie. My kid is aware of Pootie Pie. Why should I hit a Pootie Pie? Pootie Pie, for the people that don't know, um, is a YouTube star. What do you mean, old man feet? I'm uh, Instagramming live, but someone just said I have old man feet. I don't have old man feet. I don't look my age, you fuck. Sorry, man. Oh, she said it's okay. I like that. I just said fuck really loud right into her ear. And then she said it was okay. Go on Rogan. I would love to go on Joe Rogan, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. There was a time recently that I thought it was happening. I was on some kind of weird schedule of upcoming guests, and then the thing kind of just faded away. So I don't know what's going on with that. I'd ask for a shout-out to be on the pod, but my first name is Anthony, and I would get an UG. No, you wouldn't. I actually choose to remember the good times of the Opie and Anthony show as, as much as I can, but I don't know. I know this is a visual, but for the people that are uh, Instagramming live with me right now, opening scene of Vanilla Sky, Tom Cruise takes that car from right there, flies up the ramp, and takes a dramatic left, and drives down this way to Central Park West. Here's the Dakota where John Lennon was shot. And uh, it is very touristy over here. Um, Every single day, without fail... People uh, find the spot, the exact spot, where John Lennon was shot, which is right here, and they take their pictures. And what drives me nuts is the big smile and thumbs up. That's what drives me nuts. But I don't know how you're supposed to act in front of a big murder scene. I mean, are, are you supposed to smile? What's protocol? Are you supposed to smile? Are you supposed to give a thumbs up? High fives to the, the guards that are now working the spot. I don't know what I don't know. I don't I don't know what you're supposed to do. I know I took my picture uh, in front of the Dakota many years ago, and I bet you if I looked at that picture today, I was probably smiling. 
I did uh, go to Rockingham. Is that where OJ lived when he uh, killed those two people? How great is OJ on Twitter, by the way? Just oblivious to the hate. Doesn't give a fuck. He's trying to have morals with his posts on Twitter. It's insane. It's one of the greatest follows on Twitter ever. But fuck OJ Simpson. He killed those two people. But back in the day when I went to L.A., I went to where O.J. lived. And just like everybody else, I took my picture. I remember not smiling for that one. I remember it was a pretty heavy, heavy uh, scene over there. And everyone was taking their turns uh, taking pictures. And where else have I taken pictures? Oh, I'm sure a lot of you have uh, gone to Dealey Plaza. Over there, it's really sick, though, because, by the way, for the people on Instagram Live right now, there's where Yoko Ono lives to this day. Near the top there, those two windows. Uh, no, Brentwood is where O.J. killed Nicole and, uh, and Ron Goldman. I'm talking about I went to where O.J.'s house was. I think we drove by the murder scene. And we took one of these tours. It was called Graveline Tours, which was one of the greatest tours that Hollywood offers. And my buddy uh, Buzzy, who was on an episode recently, he said they changed that whole tour back in the day in L.A., you would go on this tour, you had to get into a hearse, and they would take you to all these murder scenes where people died, and they would play like uh, Helter Skelter, and next thing you know, you're, you're uh, at the Charlie Manson you know, murder site, and then uh, they took you past where OJ killed those two people, they took you to, I'm trying to remember where Janis Joplin dropped, uh, where else, I'm trying to remember... Oh, they talked about one of the ladies from the uh, Wizard of Oz. What a creepy story. It was just this old building in L.A. By the way, for the people that aren't uh, on the live Instagram, I'm now at uh, Strawberry Fields. As people take their pictures at the Imagine Mosaic. We get to this building, and and they say, look up. I forgot. They said, look up, you know, 10 stories to that window over there. You know who lived there? And we're like, no. And we're in a hearse. And all of a sudden, they start the Wizard of Oz music. And then I think it was the Good Witch, if I remember correctly. So what she did was, you know, she started getting older. Her career was over. Her life was passing her by. So what she did was she dressed up in her finest dress, finest gown, I believe. She put all her makeup on. And then she proceeded to put a plastic bag over her head. And suffocated herself. <laughs> what the fuck? I was just horrified. And then uh, that was followed up. We're on, I think, Hollywood Boulevard. And we're at a red light. And he starts the, uh, you know, it was, the presentation was amazing. Because then all of a sudden he pushes his little, his little recorder. And the I Love uh, Lucy music starts. And then he's like, how many Fred Mertz fans do we have? And I'm like, oh, my God, Fred Mertz was awesome, right? And then next thing you know, he points to the sidewalk and he goes, that's where Fred Mertz, uh, Mertz excuse me, that's where Fred Mertz dropped of a massive heart attack coming out of a movie premiere. It was an amazing tour, and I loved it. Every time I went to L.A., I actually would look up that tour, and from time to time I would go on and I would turn other people onto it. But my buddy Buzzy said that, they don't do that anymore because the locals started getting really, really pissed off. And, um, you know, I remember when I, I took the tour one year, like all the all the uh, locals were giving the hearse the finger and whatnot and beeping their horns. They did not want this guy doing this tour. 
they were very protective of old Hollywood and, and the history of uh, what happened to some of their greatest stars. So Buzzy said they still kind of do it, but now you're in a bus, so they don't know it's the, it, it's the death tour. Um, but he also told me that what they do in L.A. now is you get to go on a ride-along with the paparazzi. He did that with his family recently, and it was absolutely amazing, he said. They actually, like, chase celebrities, and they go to places where celebrities are, like, either working out or going to their coffee shop. They just know where a lot of these guys go on a regular basis. And uh, Buzzy said him and his family just loved it. And uh, it's one way the paparazzi are making money in L.A. because it's a lot tougher to sell your pictures because we're all just taking pictures of celebrities and whatnot. So the cost of getting a really good picture has gone way down. So to make ends meet, they're offering these uh, these tours. So he said it was totally worth it, and, uh, and, and it's a must-do if you get to L.A. This guy's giving the peace sign at the Imagine Mosaic. <laughs> this guy wants to be in everyone's pictures. <laughs> you want to listen to him a little bit? All right. We can listen to him. Bro, podcasting, give me a little something. The Lido track from the greatest album of the 20th century. All right. Strawberry James at your service. <laughs> yeah. How do we find the, you? How do we the, find you online? I'm the original Quiet Zone Violator. Really? Just Google Strawberry James, you'll find something. Okay. Not much. I'm not really a social media. Yeah, I hear you. Know. All right. I was just trying to give you a plug if you're going to give me a song. It's all good. And I got a few bucks in my pocket, Out so sight, we'll man. do this nice. Our life. Together is so precious. Together we have grown. We have grown. Meow. Although our love is still special, let's take a chance and fly away. Somewhere alone. It's too long as we took the time. No one's to blame. I know time flies so quickly. But when I see you, darling, it's like we both are falling in love again. Like starting over Starting over Every day we used to make love Why can't we be making love nice and easy? It's time to spread our wings and fly Starting over. Boo! Boo! Why don't we take off alone? Take a trip somewhere far, far away. Be together, alone again. Like we used to learn. I just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar was drowning out his vocals, right? No fiver for the kid. No fiver. 
You got to balance that shit out, bro. <laughs> He's not the cream puff lady. Don't try to kiss him. Man, there's a, there's a podcast listener for you. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. Uh, that was the time I was walking around the Upper West Side with Chris Stefano, and we went to the cream puff lady because, I don't know, I mean, before I did the, uh, the podcast with Chris, I went there once, and she was locked, but she was in there, and I started pounding on the door because I wanted to kiss her because her cream puffs were so damn good. She was very, very confused by the whole thing. Ooh. Now we're getting into Central Park. It's nice and quiet. I love this. If I couldn't go to Central Park and ride my bike, yes, back in the day I did some inline skating. I say inline skating because it it sounds uh, it sounds less uh, less uh, less uh, okay to say inline skating. I used to get a beating because I would rollerblade in the park, but I was good, man. I wasn't like I didn't wear pads and I didn't wear tiny shorts or anything. I was just trying to get exercise. And then I used to get a beating over that. Why? I think the inline skaters, especially in Central Park, uh, are pretty damn cool, man. I, I, think, I think they're cooler than the bike guys. How about that? Maybe not as cool as the skateboard guys with their little motors. And then the inline skaters. And then the bike guys. And they all have to dress like Lance Armstrong. Like they're in the Tour de France. They look like idiots. When I ride my bike, it's usually sweats, sometimes shorts, mostly sweats, with my right leg tucked into my sock, and I just get some exercise. I don't need to look like a complete and utter asshole. Thank you. All right, let's see what people are talking about. Get a skateboard. Are you crazy? No, we're not near Ground Zero. Where are you from that you're asking if I'm near Ground Zero as I walk through Central Park? I mean, it's, we're not even close to there. We're not even in the vicinity. I don't even know. That's at least uh, two to three miles south of here. Uh, it's 90 blocks away. There you go. There's someone that really knows. It's 90 blocks away. You've got a face for movies, horror movies. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I should show up to La Cubana wearing the Lance Armstrong outfit. <laughs> I do like bothering Carl, I must say. I do like bothering him. I should, I should, I should walk in there. I should walk in there with the Lance Armstrong outfit, nice and tight. He would be so annoyed. He would just start throwing empanadas at my head. Find the pigeon lady from what? Home Alone? Oh man, I could probably show you some of that stuff. Maybe next time. I'm not really prepared. Look, this is this is no slight to Ron Bennington. But when uh, Home Alone comes on, and I watch with the kids, as Ronnie would say, the kids, and the pigeon lady comes on, I go, hey, there's Ron Bennington. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) sorry. I love you, Ronnie. When are you doing my podcast? Ask Ron Bennington when he's doing my podcast. I think it's time. How's the back feeling? The back is feeling great. So I got this inversion table, and... My wife finally had it because she got it for me for Christmas because we're trying everything to keep my back healthy. You know, I've done everything. I've done uh, the rehab. I do yoga. And everybody says do not get the surgery. So we're trying to not get the surgery. So 
when my back pulls, which is a couple times a year, two or three times a year, I could deal with it. But every once in a while, I get one where uh, it's so bad that it takes almost like a month to heal. I had one of those over the summer. My wife just like, she's like, I got you the inversion table. Like, try that. So it was in a box. And this thing weighed easily 100 pounds. And I'm like, oh, God, just putting this thing together is really going to hurt my back. And that's when Carl, you know, told me on the last episode, he's like, you should just hire a man to do it. Can you imagine? I know I already talked about it, but I'm obsessing about how lame that would be. And then, like, I'm bending and I'm twisting and I'm lifting, like, heavy parts of the inversion table. Put the thing together. I'm like, oh, my God, my back hurts. (laughs) I got a problem there. I think they, I think if you order that from Amazon, Amazon should know that you need that thing put together and they should like deliver it and put it together in front of you no questions asked anyway the back is feeling better uh the inversion table definitely works for people out there that um have bad backs i'm doing it like every day for a minute or two but like i said the first time i did it i was really nauseous as all the blood is rushing to my head and i felt like i was uh on a roller coaster because the opster doesn't do well on the uh on the old amusement park rides but after that, they even said the first you know, couple times you would feel dizzy and nauseous. But after that, now I like it. I hang for a couple minutes, and it feels like it gets my back right where it needs to be. And it's led me to go back to DDP uh, yoga. So I love uh, Diamond Dallas Page's uh, workout program. So Is anyone singing in there? This has been in a ton of movies, ton of TV shows, The Giant Fountain. Help me out. Is it uh, the Bethesda? Oh my god, I just stammered over that. Fez would love to massage you. How is the Fez? Oh, this guy is actually really good. But he gets kind of protective of his music. I try to film this guy. And a lot of times he just uh, stops playing. Let's see. The birds hang out in here and this guy just plays. Let's see if we get a little taste. Yeah, the Bethesda fountain. Awesome, man. I've been uh, I've been listening to you for I can't tell you how many years. What's your name, man? Carlos. Carlos. And how do they find you online? They don't. Oh, really? You don't do the online thing? No. You don't care about that? You come here to Central Park. At, uh, near the Bethesda Fountain. Yes. And you're always under this thing with the birds. The birds are a good accompaniment for, uh, to your guitar. And then you sell some of your CDs right here. Carlos. So in, the CD's called Carlos in New York City. Yes. Can you play one more for my podcast?
Barlow's. My God, that's good. And it's way better than the guy that's playing at the Mosaic right now, the Imagine Mosaic. He's a bit on, on the hack side, and his, and his guitar was drowning out his vocals. You should go up there and show him a thing or two. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's his spot? That's his spot. You guys all have your spot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, Carlos, thank you so much. I'm going to come back around. Well, I don't know how I could do this. Hold on. I got to give you a few bucks, but, like, my pants are falling down. And I'm trying to, I'm doing a podcast, but look. Look, my pants are falling down. I'm not trying to get sexy on you, but I just had to show you that because as I'm pulling out the wallet, I, uh, I realized that my pants are falling down. Do you, can you break a 20? Yeah. I used to be a big radio star, and I would give you the whole 20, but times are a little tight for me as well, sir. So if you could give me like, oh, boy, everyone's watching. So I, I, give me 10. Give me 10 back. I want to give you five, but, I mean, I'm live right now. People are watching this. They're going to call me cheap, so now I'm stuck giving you ten instead of five. Don't think of other people? No, that's fine. You give whatever you want to give. All right. Thank you, Carlos. I hope people come and see you. The CD's called uh, Carlos in New York City at the Bethesda Fountain. I've had a tough time saying Bethesda Fountain, but there it is over there. There's Carlos. I'll talk to you later. All right. Oh. My fucking pants are falling down. How embarrassing. I'm trying to do this proper. Big hi to everybody that is checking this out on Instagram. Kind of fun, actually. I'm experimenting with this concept. I don't know. I think it might work. Turn the Instagram on, OP Radio, and, uh, you know, play off you guys a little bit. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Had to give him $10. That's going to hurt all day long. Let me ask this guy if I get a free water. Morning, sir. Can I get a free water today? Free water? Yeah, free, because I had to give the guy down there $10. I work in somebody, brother. I can't do it. You can't give me a free water? I'll pay you tomorrow. I work in somebody. <laughs> oh, you're just watching the place? I, I work in somebody. I, this is not my business. All right. All right. Thank you, buddy. Have a good day. It was just a free water. How much could a bottle of water cost? Do, 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 do. Where am I off to? I'm just walking in the middle of Central Park. This is a poet's walk. Another very famous part of New York City. It's been in a million movies and commercials and TV shows. Oh, he said he worked for somebody? Thank you. Well, if he he worked for somebody and then he gave me a free water, then the guy at the end of the day that's counting everything, he's going to be like, what happened to the, the one water you gave a water away today? You are fired. I get it. Do you mind if I sit here for a second? I gotta pull my pants up. Hold on a second. For real, let me pull my pants up. Just pulling my pants up. Okay. That's a good thing when you have to pull your... Uh, relax, sir. I was just pulling my pants up. He's getting annoyed. One of the sketch artists here at uh, Poets Walk getting annoyed because he saw me pulling my pants up. I'm trying to be proper. How often do you still get shit... For the homeless guy, pie stop. What well, was a cake, first of all? Uh, I got a lot of shit, unfortunately. And I did it to myself, by the way. I kind of regret. I was the one that posted the video. I was thinking nothing of it at the time. It was a few years ago. The homeless um, cake stomp happened. Andrew, who was a regular to the Opie and Anthony show, and we were doing the walk uh, walkovers from regular radio to satellite. He was a guy, he was a homeless guy we knew really well and we took care of and we talked to uh, on a regular basis. 
gave him a lot of money. The fans gave him a lot of money. And, and it got to a point where I felt like I could do something outrageous. Look, it's up to you to judge. I'm just telling you my story. I felt like I could do something outrageous. And I was really, truly just trying to shock uh, Jimmy and Anthony and the fans at the time. And he offered up a, a Starbucks cake that he uh, got out of the garbage. I now know saying that he got it out of the garbage means nothing because to him it was everything. Trust me, I've heard everything about this this event. And I felt like, you know, he's one of us in a way. He's part of the show. We take care of him. Everyone knows him. I felt like I was in a position where I could do something shocking that would be okay. So I jumped on his cake. And, you know, it made for great radio. Um, the company at the time was a little bothered by it. They actually asked me about it. I told them the full story, and they were totally okay with it. And then the thing kind of went away. And we actually talked to Andrew like a few days later, I believe, and made sure he was okay. And that video is on my YouTube channel as well. But uh, people ignored that video, which which basically uh, proves that he was totally fine with what I did because he uh, he was definitely kind of kind of a part of the radio show at the time. Anyway, the whole thing goes away for many years, and I'm sitting around bored one day. I'm looking at some of my old videos, and I go, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna repost this just to show like how shocking we were back in the day. But there was no context. Uh, to the video it was just me walking up to a guy that looks like I don't even know the guy and I stomp on his cake I get the reaction and he reacts at first and it wasn't a good reaction and stupid me I I did it I did it to myself I posted this video without really explaining anything just assuming that everyone understood the full story which was so dumb on my part and uh, to this day I get a lot of shit about it a lot so uh I kind of regret it. I don't know if I regret actually doing it because at the time I really did feel like it was it was okay to do, but I absolutely regret uh, posting the video without explaining the whole story. But even if you explain the whole story, we all know that uh, that doesn't matter to people. You know, they have an agenda and they're like, oh, here's something we could attack them for. And they just go for it. And then people hit you up with the, the real facts of the, of the um, situation or the event and... Uh, they don't care, you know, because their agenda is to use that to really, really hurt you and your family. So anyway, uh, just listen to Burr and Rogan talking about what a pioneer you were. Oh, Rogan said you basically created the podcast format. Yeah, that was really cool. And it's in my podcast feed if you haven't checked it out. Uh, but Bill Burr, who's promoting Paper Tiger, his new Netflix special, which I saw right away. It was only out a couple hours and I saw that damn thing. It could be Bill Burr's best special to date, which is which is crazy to say because every time he does a special, it, he knocks it out of the park. It is so damn good. It's brilliant. He takes on the PC culture and the Me Too movement and uh, being married and anger issues. I mean, he was spot on. And I wrote Bill Burr. I said, Bill, man, uh, your special gave me chills because he, he played at Royal Albert Hall. And the special starts with him walking out onto this stage. I think the place holds close to 6,000 people. And the shot is from the back as Bill Burr is looking out over Royal Albert Hall. And it just gave me chills. I was so proud of my old friend. I'm like, oh, my God, he's got to be enjoying this moment. But he was on Joe Rogan uh, promoting the Netflix special. And um, 
yeah, they started talking about Opie and Anthony. And uh, at one point, Joe Rogan said, that was some of the best times of my life. I'm like, God damn, how cool is that? And then Bill Burr basically said, you know, uh, every time he came to New York, it, it, it was exciting because of the radio show. And nowadays, when he comes to New York, uh, you just don't have something like that anymore. And then uh, Rogan, I think, I don't want to misquote him, but I think Rogan said something like, like it or not, those guys got to understand that they invented podcasting. And I'm like, damn right we did, Joe Rogan. That's absolutely right. All these podcasts are doing a, an older version of the Opie and Anthony show where you just get talented, funny people together and you don't need a script. You just, you just turn shit on and just go. That was us. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, I, I, well, I should say it this way. I, I don't do a lot of hoo-hoo-hoos in my uh, life or career, but I will for that one. We absolutely made it possible for people to uh, have the confidence to podcast. So I thank Joe Rogan for that. He's, he's 100% correct. And uh, I really, really enjoyed uh, Rogan and Bill Burr um, just kind of reminiscing about the Opie and Anthony show. In particular, they reminisced about the baby bird incident. Um, Pat Duffy might have even been on this Instagram live. I'm Instagramming live as a podcast. Um, He might have been in this room, but I I wasn't able to look down the whole time. Uh, But that was one of the greatest radio bits of all time. I mean, Whip Em Out Wednesdays way, way up there. But the baby bird... The eggnog drinking contest is gotta, has got to be one of the greatest things ever done on radio. Uh, search out the video. It's online if you've never seen it. But basically, kind of a hack bit that I brought to the show. I'm like, let's, uh, let's do an eggnog drinking contest for, uh, for the holidays. Got a lot of crazy-ass listeners in, including Pat from Winaki, uh, who I, I don't know what's going on with Pat, by the way. You should check him out on, on Twitter. But he's having crazy medical issues. And and he's documenting the whole thing on his Twitter, and he and he has this crazy sense of humor as his body's basically you know tapping out on him. Uh, <laughs> Pat's a very special uh, individual, but anyway, Pat from Winaki was in that day for the eggnog drinking contest, and Pat Duffy who was working for us, and then a couple other guys, and I feel bad for them because they did crazy things on that show as well, but people don't really remember them as well because. Um, Pat from Minaki won the eggnog drinking contest and then just started puking in a way I've never seen in my life. It was like a fire hose of puke coming out of his mouth. It was insane. And it just kept coming and coming and coming. And then Pat Duffy had the uh, the idea to lean his head over a garbage pail and let uh, Pat from Minaki just fire hose him with puke, basically. It was unbelievable. And to think that Joe Rogan... And Bill Burr were in studio for that event. It, it, it's it's pretty uh, crazy to think now because those guys are just massively huge out there in the comedy world and in the podcast world. Uh, but they were reminiscing about that. There was another guy I remember. Uh, I think it was that one because we did the eggnog drinking contest a couple times. There was another guy that uh, I think we had Fruit Loops, if I'm not mistaken. Where's my hardcore listeners? There's, there are people out there that know more about the ONA show than I do. Uh, uh, eggnog not hack very awesome and original well I mean my my thinking was to take some of these hacky bits over the years in radio and then put our own O&A spin on it because uh, people were doing like eggnog drinking contests and whatnot on the radio before us but they would know when to stop like oh, okay that's enough alright you know someone's gonna get hurt and then they would give the prize out and it would it, it, it would be a big fucking blue balls let down for for their listeners so we 
we always took some of these uh, hackier bits and said, this is what you really need to do with this. Oh, yeah. That's, that's how we got in trouble up there in Boston, matter of fact, because everyone was doing the hacky um, uh, April Fool's Day pranks. And I called up Anthony one day, and I'm like, let's knock this out of the park. Fuck this shit. So we did the, uh, the ultimate April Fool's prank that they talked to they talk about to this day up there in Boston. So uh, anyway, uh, that day during the eggnog drinking contest, there was a guy, and I think it was Fruit Loops. I'm looking. Uh, yeah, prayers for Pat from Monaki. Absolutely, Uncle Jolly Roger. Uh, by the way, if I do more of these podcasts as I Instagram live, I'll, I'll give a lot of you guys, um, you know, credit. Uh, but anyway, uh, there was a guy in there, and he was kind of out of the eggnog drinking contest because you had to drink the eggnog until you puked. And Pat from Monaki just took everyone down. And I believe after there was no one left, he did another shot or two of eggnog just to show that he truly belongs in the major leagues. And um, there was a guy that was knocked out early, and he's like, man, I could still leave my mark. So what he did, I think we had Fruit Loops in the studio. He, uh, <laughs> he decided to either he puked or one of the other fans puked into his uh, Fruit Loops. And then he proceeded to eat the Fruit Loops in front of everybody. That was really cool of Joe Rogan and Bill Burr to reminisce about the ONA show. Um, you know, look, it's it's sad that it's gone, but I I, uh, I don't know what to tell people anymore. You know, it was an amazing run. It lasted way longer than it should have, I believe. Um, and what sucks is, like, to this day, people want it back together because they only remember the good times and uh, only the... You all right, ma'am? little nosy over there keep jogging or come on over and talk and be on my podcast lady was like all annoyed she's jogging by with a little doggy that i'm probably allergic to to be honest with you she gives me this death stare like i'm interrupting her little uh peace time in central park with her little doggy that i might be allergic to kids want a dog too by the way which means i'm gonna have a dog me and my wife are holding them off so far we're doing a good job man we're, uh, we're blocking pretty good. We got a good front line so far, but I don't know. We might lose the battle. And then I'm going to be the one at 6 in the morning instead of hanging out, chilling, listening to Brother Louise in my apartment, having coffee, maybe doing a live stream from my windowsill. I'm going to be the one that's out in the cold walking the dog. That's how that works, right? Anyway, where was I? Oh, the ONA thing. Yeah, so uh, what makes it tough is, you know, there's so much ONA material on YouTube especially that uh, it's all the good stuff. It's all the good stuff. I don't I don't see a scenario where, uh, well, first of all, if we were getting along, that that would work again. I just don't see it, unfortunately. Hey, Rachel, how are you? I got to say hi to some of the regulars. And Wayne, uh, Wayne Boo Atkins is one of my regulars. And Brian is one of my regulars. This is boring if you're listening to this on my podcast. I get it, but I got to do the shout-outs to the regulars. Uh, my wife and kids are on the dog kick, too. Rocco. What's up, Rocco? What kind of dog did you get? I got to get one of those hypoallergenic dogs because I'm allergic. Growing up, they just thought it was asthma. Never got an allergy test. My, my uh, mom, I'm sneezing like an idiot and wheezing. I'm 12 years old wheezing. And my mom's like, oh, you have asthma. <laughs> but we never went to a doctor to check out my asthma. We just had to deal with it. We just had to rub a little dirt on it and move on, as Brian uh, Regan used to say back in the day. 
I had that same type of family. We never went to the doctor. Anything wrong with us, we pretty much rubbed dirt and leaves on it and had to just move on with our lives. But I was deathly allergic to all the dogs we had growing up. And yes, all my dogs were named after soda. So, yeah, that is a true story. But anyway, uh, I don't know. I hope we could... I, I think it would be kind of cool to have a dog, but it's kind of selfish in New York City. But then again, I don't work, so I could actually spend time with the dog. A lot of people, they get dogs here in New York City, and then they just leave them in their hot apartments all day as they're trying to, you know, they're trying to make it in this city. And the dog just lays around all sad. And some of these dogs, like I said on the past podcast, they lucky enough to get a dog walker that takes them out for an hour or two during the day. But in general, man, their life is miserable in New York City. And then they go to these tiny dog parks, and they sniff each other's butts, and then they get all sorts of dog diseases that they have to deal with. Just sucks. You have a rescue German Shepherd. He loves my wife and wants to attack everyone else. Yay. (laughs) I love it. By the way, I'm Bill Burr's uh, special. I don't want to give it away, but um, I'll say this. But he makes it beyond hilarious because it it brings up his emotions and how he pushes them down. But uh, Bill Burr, Netflix, Paper Tiger, big plug for that. Not that he needs to. The damn guy was trending on Twitter yesterday. He's just fine. Uh, But... He, he talks about how, how he had to give up his dog that he loved more than anything in, in life because the same type of uh, thing uh, to the person that mentioned this in the, in the room here, um, the dog was attacking everybody and they just got a, you know, a baby and they were scared. Uh, I don't want to give away the line. Uh, and it's so good. Go, go check it out for yourself. But Bill Burr's take on it was hilarious. But in the end, he had to give away his dog that he loves. Uh, because, you know, he didn't trust the dog around his brand new daughter. So, guys, it just wouldn't be the same if there was a reunion, to be honest. Uh, James Spicolino. Thank you, James. Yeah. What what people don't understand is, uh, look, me and Anthony didn't get along for most of our run, but we put that aside because we were on a fucking rocket ship. We were were part of a phenomenon uh, that's not going to be duplicated anytime soon. And I think both of us realized that, so we... We kind of pushed down our dislike for each other. We found common ground, and we made this show work for many, many years. And then when the thing finally split up, look, it's up to you, but I'm here to say I took the high road. I really did. Anthony got into so much crazy shit, especially after uh, the show went away, and I left all of it alone. I I barely took any shots at the fucking guy. And what people don't know, because, you know, we're both talking to much smaller audiences, uh, he has spent the last, like, five-plus years just beating the shit out of me, demeaning me, belittling me. I mean, he has every right to do that if he wants, but that made it pretty much impossible that we could ever do anything together. I just, I, I just can't go back to that. And I did try. We did those phone calls for a while that uh, were well-received, and then I started thinking there might be a space and a place where we could do some things here and there. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, I, I didn't join uh, Compound Media, and next thing you know, he started hating on me again. And that was, I guess that was pretty much uh, the last straw. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I have to say about that. It, it's sad. Someday I would I would like to um, um, enjoy the Opie and Anthony years as much as the fan base does. I'm definitely not there, but hopefully I will be eventually. Those phone calls were like when you think your divorced parents are going to get back together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I, I found 
I did find a place. I'm like, you know what? This works. I do like this. You know, I don't have to, you know, be in the same room as him anymore. Um, you know, he would he would say the same thing. Obviously, uh, we found a common ground, and it was kind of fun, and it helped promote each other's shows, and it got people excited. And then I swear to you, I I did nothing different. And the next thing you know, he started uh, hating on me again. And I'm like, I I just can't have people like that in my life. I I just can't. I really just can't do that. And then it, you know, his whole network over there takes shots at me all the time. So I hear, and I swear to you, when I say so I hear, people send me shit from time to time. I don't even click on it. I just I just can't go down that road anymore. But I I don't know why. I don't know why there's an obsession about me over there it's kind of sad uh but as soon as you turned his offer down he started shit talking even worse yeah i know that just showed that wasn't a place i should be obviously right i want to be around people that i enjoy and have fun with um i don't have to take this thing as seriously as i did in the past if my podcast completely takes off and is huge it'll never be a phenomenon like i said you got to understand when you're in entertainment Every once in a while, someone becomes a phenomenon, and you also got to realize how special that is, and it's almost impossible to get to that point again. I discussed that on a past podcast. Um, people said what killed Michael Jackson and what killed uh, Whitney Houston. They didn't understand that that part of their success, they were part of a phenomenon, and uh, they were broken inside, and they needed to hit that high note once again. And that's what truly killed uh, those guys, and kills a lot of um, a lot of celebrities and a lot of people that are in the public eye. They get a taste of that fame, and it's it's fucking great, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I mean, I've been sitting here and walking around Central Park for the last hour. Not one person recognized me. Uh, if this was ten years ago, I could barely walk what I just did without stopping and taking pictures and saying hi and high fiving, and uh, you know. And back in the day, it was more autographs than pictures. Um, but now, I mean, you know, it's it's dramatically different. I get I get recognized maybe once, twice a day tops, uh, but that was very different uh, a bunch of years ago. But anyway, a lot of people can't accept that when their time is done, their phenomenon is done, their success, their huge success is done. They can't accept that, and they uh, they keep trying to hit that high note again. And a lot of experts say that's what killed Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston. Matter of fact, I said it, but um, Whitney Houston, one of the last things she said to Clive uh, Norton. Uh, Clive Norton. Oh my God! <laughs> Get out of my brain, uh, Clive Davis. <laughs> uh, she said to Clive Davis, uh, "Clive, I'm going to hit that high note again." That was one of the last things she said to the guy. So, what? I mean, in the end, it was the drugs, sure, but uh, they were they were taking drugs and stuff because they 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 weren't happy with themselves inside, you know. And and it's a known fact that. Michael Jackson was trying to duplicate the success of Thriller. Um, Bad came out, that album, and I think it sold something like 25 million copies, but it wasn't Thriller. And even though his fans loved uh, the album Bad, he was never satisfied because it never reached the status of, uh, of Thriller. So he would stay up uh, days on end trying to duplicate that success. And in the end, that led to Propofol to get a good night's sleep and who knows what else. And that's what ended up killing him, man. Is it difficult coming to terms with it? Uh, Mr. Dunn, 38, coming to terms with uh, what? That my success is gone? I would assume that's what you're getting at. Um, Look, I obviously would love to be bigger, of course. I'd be lying if I I said uh, I, I didn't want that. But I also know where my priorities are. 
I have a much more balanced life. Um, I got distracted because my wife uh, just texted. I think she's uh, watching this now. Now, now I'm gonna fall apart. I can't perform. <laughs> Turn my live stream off because now I can't perform. <laughs> she doesn't see the silly side of me like this. Well, she does, but not not to this extent. Because people think I'm like this all the time. Um, no, man. I mean, yeah, of course I'd like to be successful. I, I absolutely would like the podcast to be bigger. But with that said, I, I got just true balance in my life. All I had for a long, long time was that radio show. And uh, as successful as it was and it brought money and fame, I, I wasn't that happy of a person because, you know, I wasn't getting along with the guys that I was doing with, doing it with, which made it really, really tough. And I honestly didn't have much else in my life at the time. So, you know, I, I, I've talked about this in the past. I, when I finally started going to therapy, I was suffering, for some, suffering from something called irritable depression. And that's, uh, you get depressed and really irritable because you feel like you're in a, in a situation um, that you can't get out of. So, I know, and this will lead to people going, eh, but why don't you give the money back? You know, I still love doing radio, but that's all I had. And then, you know, met my wife, had a couple kids, and you realize, you know, radio and podcasting is damn cool. Absolutely. But I realize there's other things that are way more important in life. So hope that answered your question. I don't know if it did. Uh, Rachel, we all evolve. You're still putting out great content that's free no less people have no reason to complain oh no man i got a nice little fan base it's smaller but uh, i got a cool group of people that are checking this out on a regular basis and i hear from them all the time so watch out for more blisters on your feet from walking with shoes on no man i think look i'm wearing jerry seinfeld type of shoes jerry seinfeld looks like the biggest dork when he wears those dumb sneakers with his blazer. I'm obsessed with Jerry Seinfeld. Because I, I think... I don't think he's that great. I really don't. It's not jealousy. I promise you that. And it doesn't hurt that I met him a couple times. And he was just a complete and utter dick. Just a dick. I whispered that one. Because, you know, he's really powerful in entertainment. And I didn't want people to hear that one. So just keep that one between us, okay? I'd appreciate that. Uh, all right, now people are laughing at my sneakers, but it led to the Jerry Seinfeld rant. Everyone's saying they're dad shoes. They're they're just comfortable, so I can walk around. I got I got I got to wear comfortable stuff. I'm trying to keep my back healthy. <laughs> Bring back the Merrells. I was looking at the Merrells. I might have to finally move on from the Merrells, which will make Carl very very happy. Uh, their their new style, oof, oof, not good. I need a good, solid walking shoe. Been a fan since '98. I've watched. Uh, oh wait, I've watched you grow, watched you evolve and rise. You stood your ground and never gave in. Thank you, Lost Dwarf. You are one of my favorite people of all time. Now, appreciate that. Jerry does have awful jeans and shoes. Yes. See, I I I'm not one to talk because I. I don't dress the part. Drives Carl nuts. I don't dress the part. But Jerry Seinfeld wears stupid running shoes, even though he has never run in his life. And he wears mom jeans. 
Oh my God, they're saying I only have 15 seconds remaining. What, they put a limit on the uh, the Instagram Live? All right, I got to wrap up then. I got seven, you guys are all going away in six seconds, five seconds, and then I'm going to be left alone, and I don't want to be left alone. No, don't go. Oh my God. What's that? Instagram has a time limit on, on how long you can go live, or, or was the reception bad? Everyone just went away. I was enjoying the love that I was getting from the Instagram Live, and now I'm by myself in Central Park talking to myself. Now I look like an idiot. People are looking at me because now they see that I'm not interacting with my phone. This guy's uh, doing a tour. You want to listen to this tour guide? All right, let's see where we're going. I'm with a bunch of farmers. I just got in line with a bunch of farmers. They're doing a tour of Central Park. Let's hear what they... Let's... Brilliant stuff. And uh, where are you guys going? Where are you guys going? <laughs> we're going on a tour. No, I know you're going on a tour. I'm a local. Where are you taking all them? All over the place. I'm just. We're going all over Central Park. Have there. you shown them the Ghostbusters house yet? Yeah, yeah, I already showed them. Yeah. Did okay. you show them the Dakota I'm, thing? Listen, you're cramping my style. What? How am I cramping your style? Because I need to talk about the thief. I don't want to be in an interview uh, right now, sir. Am I distracting you? No, I'm, me, I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking you off your game. So I was, I was, all right. Can I listen at least? Kelly sure you can listen okay. for a little bit, but then you have to leave because it's a paid tour, okay? Yeah, but it, I'm I'm a big podcaster. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. How about you? How about you give me a plug? No, I, I can't give you a plug. No, I mean sorry. you get a plug. All right, I'm just gonna listen for ten more seconds. Don't, don't but give me some. Anymore, okay. <laughs> okay uh, now. You guys are in good comfort. That guy's an asshole. Enjoy. <laughs> All right, that's a good place to end. Just bothering people. Guys, thank you. Uh, I don't know, a little experiment, but I think it worked. Uh, just walking and talking, podcasting. Thanks for checking out the OP Radio podcast. I really appreciate it. If you really enjoy it, you know, tell a friend. Could use a few numbers. That'd be nice. Follow me on Instagram, uh, OP Radio. I might do this on a, a semi-regular basis, so make sure you follow me on, on the Instagram. So, you know, you could actually check out the visual of... Uh, of the actual podcast from time to time, okay? All right, guys. I've made it to the volleyball courts. I used to be a big volleyball guy, beach volleyball. Now if I jumped and tried to spike it like that, I think one of my vertebrae would go flying out of my back. Spike it! Oh, good shot! That was beautiful! All right. All right, guys, thanks for checking out the OP Radio podcast. We'll talk soon.